you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. And when we give, we give not because, you know, it's uh, we have to give. We give because we love to give. We give because we enjoy our giving. Because the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, you should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. One more time. Come on. You should remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. One more time. Can we do this? Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. And the more that we continue to give and and so the more we will see the favor of God over our lives we will see the blessings of God over our life last Sunday we spoke something about partnership you remember partnership it's about making a covenant you remember the term sudzugos anybody what is a sudzugos it's a almost a covenant or a marriage or a yoked relationship it's 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 greater and more powerful than koinonia koinonia is a is a partnership or a participation or something which is on the surface uh, but covenant relationship is something that you go deeper you go for an entire season you you don't stop with one time giving it is a repeated way of giving and we saw how the church at philippi was in a sudzugos relationship with Apostle Paul, right? Now, Paul wrote this to the church in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18, saying, your partnership with me, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and is pleasing to God. So this morning, I want to talk about one of those sacrifices in the New Testament that was very sweet-smelling, very uh, beautiful uh, in, in its fragrance. And we all know the story. We all know the story, right? Let's, let's go into it one step at a time. The first time that Jesus came, it says that as Jesus and the, and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village. The name of this village is Bethany. And... Uh, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus stopped at Bethany, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. In other words, you remember the story of Elisha, how the Shunammite woman welcomed him into her home. We know the story of Lydia. Last Sunday we studied this. Lydia, who welcomed Paul into her home and said, you cannot leave this place if you don't come and stay with us. I don't believe that you agree that I'm a believer if you don't stay with us. And like that, there was a woman called Martha. The Bible says Martha met Jesus and said, I want you to come and uh, be at our home. She welcomed Jesus into her home. The verse 39, it says, her sister, she had a sister. The first person to encounter Jesus was Martha. 
but when Martha brought Jesus home there was a sister that this Martha had the Bible says her sister Mary when she saw Jesus the Bible says that she what she do she sat at the Lord's feet to listen to what he will teach just listening to him all evening all morning he she has just found her place as soon as she saw Jesus she was so much in love with Jesus that she's like this is it the feet of Jesus is where I want to be the feet of Jesus is where I want to lay myself down amen in fact this was such a problem that it created family issues in their in their family Martha came and complained to Jesus in the next verse it says Martha was so distracted preparing such a big dinner for Jesus that that she came to Jesus and she said Lord doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work why don't you tell her to come and help me so in other words see you should understand Martha was also giving to Jesus right what was Martha doing it's preparing a feast for whom for Jesus but Mary decided my giving to Jesus is gonna be through his feet it is not just going to be what I feed him. It is not going to be just what I, uh, you know, I'm able to give him a, a new shirt or whatever. My giving to him will be from a place of humility. Because if, if, if I can just sit at his feet, if I can just sit and hear his voice, and if I can just learn his heartbeat, know how he functions, then I can be a better giver than all the other givers. The problem with us is we get so carried away by what's, what somebody else is doing. You look, at, you look at your neighbor and say, wow, Simon is throwing a party for Jesus. I need to do the same. Zacharias, sorry, Zacchaeus is throwing a party for Jesus. I need to do the same. And then we imitate what somebody else is doing. But here is a woman. She's like, no, no, no. Let me sit at his feet. Let me get to know him more. And the more that I get to know him, the more I will understand what is it that his heart is really after, the better I will be able to give myself to him. See, it's not like Mary was stingy. You'll see that in the later stories. Mary was not stingy in no, no terms. Mary was not, not unwilling to serve Jesus. She was willing to give to Jesus everything. And yet she decided that my way of giving to Jesus is first going to come when I receive from him at his feet. Why do you think that in this season we have make it, made it so important and mandatory for you to come and receive in church before you serve in the church? It's not because we don't want you to serve in the church. In fact, in this season, we don't have enough volunteers to do everything. But we have made it mandatory saying, hey, if you cannot be a Mary first, then your ministry and service as a Martha is of no use. You have to first be a Mary and sit at my feet, Jesus said. And, and, and it is there that you learn how to give, how to serve, what to give, what not to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we can in this season learn to be in love with Jesus. If we can learn to be in fellowship with Jesus. And out of that fellowship, if our giving can come out. 
It's impossible that you can be in love with Jesus and not be a giver. It's impossible. It is impossible that you say, I walk with God, but I, 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 I don't believe in giving. That's not possible. Because the more you fellowship with him, the more you will become like him. And you like it or not, Jesus is a giver. And the more you fellowship with him, the more you sit at his feet, you will automatically become a giver. You will become a radical giver. Jesus laid down his life, gave everything up. All the riches of heaven for your sake and for my sake. And that is what will automatically happen when we learn to sit at his feet. Rather than just imitating what Zacchaeus is doing and what Simon the Levite is doing and everything else. Why don't we just take a step back like Mary did and say, hey, I want to know what is it that moves my master's heart. I will be sitting at his feet. I will just spend my time here. And in fact, Martha found it unfair and said, my sister just sits here, go back. My sister just sits here while I do all the work. Why don't you tell her to come and help me? And then Jesus told her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Let me tell you this. If, if your service, if your giving to God is causing you worry and upset. See, look at this, okay? Here is a woman who is serving God, right? Here is a woman who is giving to God. But what is, what is manifesting in her life is worries and upsetness. That is not a good sign of giving. If in your giving, there is no cheerfulness. In your giving, there is no joy. If in your giving, you're manifesting challenges in relationships with everybody else. You're cranky about this person and you're cranky about that person. Jesus is not really pleased with your giving this morning. If our giving to God needs to be something that God will enjoy, then we have to be at peace with ourselves and with the people that are around us. Amen. And Jesus said, Martha, you are, you are upset and worried about these details that are not very important for me. This, these are, this is not how I judge your life. This is not how I am going to reward you. The next verse, he said it like this. He said, there is only one thing. Everybody say one thing. Loudly, one thing. He said, there is only one thing that is worth. Everybody say worth. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Do you know that your ministry can be taken away from you? Do you know that, you know, if you don't have a voice, you can't sing? Like one cold and, and our worship leaders, they, you know, the best of the, our worship leaders, they will have challenge. One small tiny cold that they cannot lift their voice up. You know, one, one issue, you know, one sleepless night and your pastor can't preach. <laughs> you know, he, he'll be up here stuttering, find, trying to find words. But there is something that nobody can take away from you. That is your commitment and relationship with Jesus. And, 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 and Jesus said, hey, Mary has found the better way to give. Mary has found something that is the only thing that is worth being concerned about. It is, 
if i don't have access to the feet of jesus if i am not living my life at the feet of jesus man i'm telling you you should be worried you should be anxious you should be freaking out you should be standing upside down to sort that out everything else is just details you don't have to be concerned about everything else is details that will get sorted out will get ironed out eventually everything else how many of you heard divya's sermon last night it was such a good word she said hey we are all in a process even jesus went through the process even jesus she compared the life of joseph and jesus by the way it's there online should go back and listen to it on the podcast if you have not heard it already and 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 it's necessary for us to not be concerned about the details if joseph would sit there upset about the fact that this guy who he helped in the prison forgot him you know if that guy would would not have forgotten him and he would have gotten him out of the prison at that time joseph would have never become the prime minister of egypt he would have gotten out of the prison gone back to his father in the father's land gone looking because now he's no longer a slave he would have gone back to his father and and he and these guys would have never found a guy to interpret their dreams when pharaoh had the dream it was it was the process that made sure that joseph got to where he was supposed to get to talk to your neighbor say hey don't be bothered by the details there's only one thing worth concerned about keep your eyes fixed at the feet of jesus cuz that will not be taken away from you amen the next verse in john chapter 11 and 20 now the you know by the way mary and martha they had a brother by the name lazarus and lazarus is dead right and jesus is coming back to bethany to raise Lazarus back from the dead right the first person who got to know this was Martha when Martha got the word that Jesus was coming what did she do she went out of the town to meet him but Mary didn't know about it so Mary stayed in the house right and Martha went and met him and said Martha said to Jesus lord If only you had been here my brother would not have died but even now i know that god will give you whatever you ask what faith is that is that good faith come on shalom can you just come here i'll just want to show you this now for whatever reason uh, he looks very much like jesus this morning <laughs> okay and i'll be i'll be the martha is that okay now now the bible says martha went out to meet jesus okay and what does she say she says lord if you had come to bethany when lazarus died when he was sick he would not have died but even now i believe that anything can happen do you think that this is a good conversation she is going and 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 she is she is You know how faith is crazy man and and you would look at Martha and you would say man what a woman of faith am i right but Jesus didn't do anything that didn't move Jesus let me tell you the next part okay give me the next part when Mary arrived and saw Jesus <laughs> now now when Mary came she's not talking to Jesus face to face she is a friend of jesus jesus has given her access into her life 
and, and Jesus can always, he, she can always have a face-to-face -face conversation with Jesus. But Mary doesn't dare to do that. In fact, Mary doesn't even say, if you, if, you, if you want, you can still do it. Mary doesn't even say that. You would think that Mary has less faith and Martha has more faith. But look at the posture of Mary's heart. What did Mary do? She comes as soon as she sees Jesus. She's not even expecting Jesus to raise Lazarus like Martha was. But as soon as she sees Jesus, read it with me. When Mary arrived and... Come on, what did she do? She saw Jesus. What did she do? She fell at his feet and, and then said... Her first posture was, let me fall down to his feet because that's the place that's my address I love the feet of Jesus and it's at the feet of Jesus that I will live when I'm happy go to the feet of Jesus when I'm sad and mourning my brother's loss I will go back to the feet of Jesus because it's at the feet of Jesus that my worship is complete it's at the feet of Jesus that my fears will be drawn out it's at the feet of Jesus that all my sadness and all my mourning can be turned into joy and the Bible says when Jesus saw this he, he, he gave a loud shout and he began to cry man Martha's faith did not move Jesus but Mary's posture of worship moved the heart of Jesus. Isn't that crazy? And Jesus said, thank you, thank you, Shalom. And Jesus said, yeah, Lazarus, come out. I'm not going to allow. After, if you have a sister like this, I'm not going to allow you to stay dead. Come on now. Is there any worshippers in this house today? Is there anybody else who thinks that there is only one thing worth being concerned about? Only one thing worth being concerned about. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, don't be caught up with the details. Don't be distracted by the details, Mike. There's only one thing worth concerned about. It's the feet of Jesus. Now, now you would think that, now, now Mary had been sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? And uh, now, she has seen Jesus resurrect her brother when she sat at the feet of Jesus. Now you would think that, wow, finally Mary got all the secrets. And Mary would want to now sit along with Jesus, side by side with Jesus, on a table face to face with Jesus, right? That's what you would want to think. Slowly you should graduate, no? Can you imagine being, being at the same level for the rest of your life? But look at this, this is towards the end of Jesus' time on this earth. The book of John chapter 12, six days before the Passover. The Passover was when Jesus was arrested. Six days before Jesus would be arrested and crucified, Jesus arrived in Bethany in the home of Lazarus, the man that he had raised from the dead. Verse 2, it says that a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. And who served again? <laughs> Praise God for Martha's. I like the Martha's. And <laughs> Without the martyrs, the pastors don't have calories to stand up and preach, right? Uh, and, 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 and Martha, she served. And what did Lazarus do? Lazarus was sitting next to Jesus. He, he was among the ones that ate. See, 
Now, the first level of closeness is the one that, that sits and sits alongside him. The second level is people that are standing and serving him. But let me show you a third level, the most, most intimate level. Give me verse 3. It says, then Mary, Mary, what did she do? She took a 12-ounce jar. Now, 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 wait a minute. You never see this Mary give before. You only see her being so in love with the feet of Jesus. This is the first time that you see her giving. Because the more she learned the principle of clinging to the feet of Jesus, the more she is growing in her adoration of Jesus and the more she is preparing her offering in the back of her mind. Right? Are you ready for this? It says she took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard and she anointed what? And what did she do? She anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with his hair and then with her hair and then as a result of it what happened the house was filled with the fragrance of what the fragrance of her giving the house was filled with the fragrance of her worship the house was filled with the fragrance of her giving now now check this out okay i want you to understand this this lady has been growing in this relationship with the feet of Jesus. I like what my friend Amit Kamble says. He said it here first when he came to preach. He said, the highest place a child of God can ever reach is at the feet of Jesus. I don't think there is a higher place than that. The highest place that you and I can ever reach is at the feet of Jesus. If we can reach there and stay there, the problem with many of us is we reach there and then we graduate from there. But there is no graduation from the feet of Jesus. There's no graduation. Then there is no better place than to be at the feet of Jesus. And if we can stay there at the feet of Jesus, I'm telling you that will bring out the best of our giving to God. I know that some of you are praying and asking, I, 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 I like this idea of giving but I don't know how to give. I don't know what to give. But the more you spend time at the feet of Jesus, automatically the secrets will come out. You will just know what to cook. You will just know what to save up. You will just know what to sacrifice. You will just know where to give, from where to give, from what to take out and where to cut out expenses and where not to spend and everything. You will just know it. Nobody told Mary saying Jesus likes this particular perfume. If you'd like to give, this is the kind of perfume that Jesus... No, nobody said this to Mary. But Mary was prepared. Now, Mary poured the perfume at the feet of Jesus and then she wiped it with her hair. Now, she carries the same essence as the feet of Jesus. Her, her body, her life smells like the feet of Jesus. If you track... You know, you know how this... Uh, I think in Tom and Jerry, you can see Jerry track the smell of the cheese and go. Is it Jerry? Yeah. So if you track the smell of Mary, and if you try to trace it, where did she last, 
where did this originate where did this smell originate and you track it track it track it you would reach back to the feet of Jesus because that is where the smell is coming from that's where this worship is coming from that's where it, it is coming from can you can we reach a place where our giving will bring fragrance into our life that will only happen so this kind of giving is the most intimate giving that I can talk about we spoke about several kinds of giving tithing and honoring the word and honoring the man of God partnership and covenant and different types of giving right did you all enjoy the series so far yeah but this giving is a very intimate giving because if you track your life it will lead you back to the feet of Jesus and, and the Bible says, the next verse, verse 4, Judas's career. Thank God for Judas's career. Because he told us what we would not have known. We would have just read that verse and said, praise God for good giving. We should also give perfume to Jesus and we'll all come to church with perfume bottles and spray the church and go back. But, but Judas gave us the value. He was the accountant in the group, right? He knew how much, the, how much is the value of what she gave to Jesus. What did he say? Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. See, he doesn't say a year's savings. He says a year's wages. See, let's say that you have 10,000 rupees as your income. Your savings would be like say 510 and you know or, or thousand or two thousand okay let's imagine can you imagine if you have to save up 1.2 lakhs if provided your income is 10,000 rupees and you have to save up 1.2 lakh rupees do you know how long it would take not a year not a year are you able to do the mathematics in my in your head See, nobody's going to give you, hey, here is the next one year's wages in advance. Take it, enjoy it. Nobody's going to do that. This lady has been saving up for this for a really long time. It's not one year. I would probably say that she's been saving up for a really, for an entire lifetime. This is her lifetime's savings. It is worth a year's income. And, and, and that she has saved after spending all the food and the groceries and, you know, and, and, and paying for Martha's food bills and all of that. She still managed to save up one year's wages. And what does she do? The Bible says her entire life's savings probably it is that she brings. This is the worth this is what she is bringing to the feet of Jesus is not money she's bringing her life what she is bringing to the feet of Jesus is not just perfume it is not just something that smells nice what she's bringing to the feet of Jesus is what represents or symbolizes her entire life and she comes and the Bible says it should <laughs> Judas said hey what 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 is the problem with this lady that's bad finance this is not how we spend money all the accountants in the house said an amen to this <laughs> you know in a marriage usually there, are, there is at least one person in the marriage who is an accountant thank God for his divine provisions eh? otherwise we would be all uh, all in debt 
But thank God for that one person in, in our marriage who is like, no, I don't agree. I don't think we should be doing this. And, and see, Judas Iscariot's uh, reasoning was different. His reasoning was that if, if she would say, okay, give it to the poor, he will get a cut out of this. But instead, you know, when she came and broke it at the feet of Jesus, he said, why don't you sell this and this could have been sold. What you have stored up for such a long time, this could have been sold and this money could have been given to the poor. What is so important about the feet of Jesus? Don't you know that in two minutes Jesus is going to walk out of here and that fragrance is going to go with him? I mean, Jesus is not going to stay here. He comes here once in like a blue moon. He doesn't stay here. This fragrance is not going to be a blessing to your house. Why don't you give it to some poor people who will be happy and pray, pray for you and all of that, right? And Jesus replies to him and he said, leave her alone. It's okay. Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. Are you ready for a revelation? Mary did not know this. But when she was intentional at, at being at the feet of Jesus, she was the only person who was sensitive to the times and the seasons in Jesus' life. She did something that prepared Jesus for what was to come. The disciples that walked with Jesus didn't get it. They did not know the times and the seasons. They were clueless of what was about to happen. They had no idea about what was going to happen. But here is a Mary who was clinging to the feet of Jesus that she gave and her giving was a prophecy. It was prophetic about what was about to happen. Can it be that we don't give once the need arises? See, there were many people who ran to embalm the body of Jesus after Jesus died. Many people can do that. That's just, that just needs common sense. If you don't do that, I'm sorry, you don't have common sense. When there is a need, we all immediately rush to help, right? But can you imagine being so in love with the presence of Jesus that we don't wait for the need to come? Our giving becomes so prophetic that our giving is in preparation for the need that is about to come. That is the measure to which God can use your giving. And Jesus told her, saying, hey, leave her alone because she is prophesying about what is about to take place in the, in the next six days. In the next six days, I'm going to be killed and I'm going to be buried. She has just prepared me for my burial because when I'm, when I'm crucified and I'm going to be in the grave for one entire day, you guys will not have access to me because it's going to be a Sabbath day. And, and you will not be able to come and put all the perfume upon me. But this lady, what she did, <laughs> she prepared me for my three days in the grave. Her giving, her love for Jesus brought her to that place where she was able to freely. Because she, she saw what it was worth, but she saw somebody else. The only thing that was worth it all. That was the feet of Jesus. And she was willing to let go of what it was worth to bless the feet of Jesus, which was worth everything. It was worth her entire life. Come on now. 
Is anybody catching this along with me? Is it speaking to anybody else's spirit? You will always have the poor among you, Jesus told them. But you will not always have me. This is why we are moved to give whenever we feel the presence of Jesus. Poor people, needy people we can help anytime. But when we see and experience the presence of Jesus, don't let that moment pass by. Because you will not always have that. When you experience it, when you see God manifest himself, immediately rush to sow a seed. Immediately rush to break your alabaster jar. Immediately rush with your perfume bottle to, to give it all to Jesus because he is worth it all. Amen? Let me give you another story. The book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. Are you ready for this part? This is the New Testament church. It says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. So how do you know that this church was of one heart and one soul? This is how you know. It says, and no one said that any of the things that, that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. This is how you know they were of one heart and one soul. In other words, what they said is, if I have food to eat, that is also yours, bro. If I have a place to stay, that is also yours. If I have a blanket to use for myself, that's also yours. I think everything except toothbrush and undergarments, they, they shared everything. And they said, if I have this, it's all yours. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's only mine. If I have this, it's also yours. And that's why, you know, we would think that one heart and one soul is about singing in chorus, one song, Yeshua. You know, that's what we think, one heart and one soul. The Bible says that's not the definition of one, soul, one heart and one soul. One heart and one soul is that you don't cling to something saying this is mine, that this belongs to me, right? You let it go. You, you just, you're willing to let it go. Okay, give me the next line. Verse 33, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And there was great grace upon them all. There was this church that was so deeply in love with Jesus. They were talking about Jesus everywhere they went. Because they had been with Jesus for three years, these apostles, right? And these three years caused them to start speaking and demonstrating and, and declaring and testifying about the resurrection of Jesus. And because of that constant declaration and profession of love for Jesus in the presence of Jesus the Bible says there was great grace upon all of them. Verse 34 it says there was not a there was not a somebody say a which means there was not even a single needy person among them. Why? Why was there no needy person among them? Because as many were owners of lands and houses what did they do they sold them and they brought the proceeds wait a minute okay i want you to understand this it says that because the church was a one heart and one soul they said nothing that belongs to me is mine everything that i have is god's and because of that they made sure that there is not a single person needy among them see they did not give to a need these first century church, they did not give saying, oh wait, uh, so and so person doesn't have money, so let me give that person some money to eat food. That's not how they give. They did not give to the need. 
they gave because they were of one heart and one soul and they did not hold back anything they were willing to give and share everything because of their giving the bible says not a single person had any need and it says they brought the proceeds of what they sold and are you ready for this this is where it gets interesting where did they lay it down the apostles pockets no see giving to Jesus' feet is okay but here these guys where are they bringing the money to ouch that is that is theological problem now the apostles are doing something wrong here they are not teaching the church right you can only give to Jesus you cannot give to apostles but here is the church the Bible says the church realized their love for Jesus so much that they said no 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 we are not going to wait for Jesus to come we already have enough revelation of Jesus now we have the apostles that are teaching us the word of God now we have the apostles that are testifying about the resurrection of Jesus now we have the apostles upon whom there is great grace now this is what we are going to do we are going to not hold back anything as something that belongs to us we're going to sell everything and we are going to bring it to the feet of the apostles because if I bring it to the feet of the apostles it is equivalent to giving to Jesus and they brought it to the feet of the apostles and from there see they did not give it to the needy people do you see that it doesn't say they sold their properties and they gave, gave it to people that did not have houses. No, no, no. They sold their properties and everything that they could afford to dispose of and they brought the money to the feet of the apostles. And from the feet of the apostles, it says it was distributed to each one as they had need. From the feet. Not from, not from uh, the pockets of the people that sold them. It came. It all came to the house of God. It all came into the presence of God. And from the presence of God, it went and it took care of every person that had any need. There was one particular person called Joseph who was called by the apostles as Barnabas. He was one of the traveling companion for Paul later on. It says his name meant son of encouragement. He was a Levite. Did you know this? He was a Levite. A native of Cyprus. What did he do? Verse 37. He sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. In fact, Barnabas was also one of the apostles. And the Bible says he sold his field that belonged to him and he brought the money and he laid it at the feet of the apostles. Now, I want you to understand something deeper here. Barnabas is a Levite. By principle, Levites are not supposed to own anything. In the Old Testament, you know the story, right? In the Old Testament, God said, everybody will have a share, but the only people that will not have a share of property, they will not have any belongings on this earth. Because, why? Do you know the reasoning that God gave? God is there? Because he, they said, God will be, give me the next verse, Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 9. Read it with me. That is why the Levites have no share of property or possession of land among the other Israelites' tribes. The Lord himself 
is their special possession as the Lord your God told them. In other words, why did Barnabas give? Because he knew for a fact that, hey, this is already there in scripture. And now that I have a revelation of who Jesus is, there's almost a personal conviction for me that my identity and my significance and my security does not come from my properties. It doesn't come from what I have. It doesn't come from how much I earn. It comes from me belonging to the feet of Jesus. And he sold everything that he had and he brought it to the apostles' feet. Because right now Jesus is not there, but the apostles are there. And he said, let me come and put it at the feet of the apostles. What Mary started, the first century church continued. That became something that, you know, the Bible says Jesus told about her saying, your story will be told about wherever the gospel is preached, your story will be told about. Amen. And that story continued to be proclaimed. Now, now I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, Pastor, it's very easy to say, sell your house and property, but I don't have an extra house. These guys, they had houses and lands and property. I'm still living in a rented apartment. I don't have anything to give. But I'm telling you, when you fall in love with the presence of Jesus, you will know what to give. You will know how to give. You will know where to give from. Are you ready for this next? This is, I kept this for the last. Because this is the best story about giving in the Bible. Are you ready for this? The book of Luke chapter 21 and verse 1. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched. Whom did he watch? The rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Can you imagine invasion of privacy? We, we don't want anybody to know how much we are putting, right? But Jesus, where was he sitting in the, in, in the church? Next to the offering box. He is counting. And he's, even if he's not sitting there, he, he's, come on, he's a prophet. You, you, don't, you, you, you can't fool Jesus, right? He, you can't put a hundred rupees above and a ten rupees beneath and try to, you know, make sure Jesus does. There's a prophet that is sitting there next to the giving Right? And what is he doing? He's watching everything the rich people are dropping into the collection boards. Verse 2. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. Everybody says two small coins. What did she have? Two big bungalows? Two huge properties? No, what did she have? She had two small, little. It, it was not valuable if you ask, if you show that two small coins to all the rich people that are putting offering and you tell them, how many businesses can you run with this? They, they would be like, they would laugh at you. They'd say, are you serious? That's what we give to the beggars. You know, come on, don't, don't, don't try to invest into my business with that two coins. You're not going to, I mean, you're not going to impress any businessman with two small coins. The Bible says Jesus, he is better than a businessman. I'm telling you, he runs the whole universe and he knows how to shift the economy of nations. And he looks at these two copper coins, two mites, two mites of the widow, two mites, two small coins. And he sees that two small coins and he says, this is more valuable than that huge checks and that huge
huge bundles of money and the coins and gold and all of that is being dropped this is more valuable than that why this was jesus explanation verse 3 says i tell you the truth this poor widow has given come on loudly 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 no 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 that's not how we say it loudly this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them he's not saying this poor widow has given more than that brother and this. he says he says collect all of what they have given this poor widow has given more than all the other put together put has given more in the heart of jesus this poor widow's two copper coins two small coins weighed greater than all the giving of the rich people why verse 4 says for they have given a tiny part of their surplus they already have a surplus and out of the surplus they have taken a tiny part and aside and said does it hurt no it doesn't hurt i'll give it no problem uh, you know it's not even their basic needs they didn't sacrifice their basic needs they have a huge surplus and out of the surplus they kept aside a small part that, that, that they don't need that they can actually you know give it away and doesn't matter wouldn't hurt them but she poor as she is has given everything that she has this is what the first century church did this is what the you know these guys did in i mean mary did in john chapter 12 she gave everything that she had everything everything that she had her entire life savings she brought it to the feet of jesus and she broke it there are we ready to give our everything to jesus this morning we are done we are this is the this is the end of the series we are done with the series but are we ready to give our everything you know if to be truth be told we would this is what we would be doing for the rest of eternity we will go to heaven let's let's read about this also the book of revelation chapter 4 verse 9 whenever the living beings you know that heaven is a place of a lot of worship It says whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one that is seated on the throne the one who lives for ever and ever in other words he's saying whenever there is praise and worship session in church in heaven you know there is praise and worship in heaven and there are some living beings that are going to be worshiping in heaven because dead beings can't worship so if you can't worship you are a dead being because the bible says let everything that has breath praise the lord so if you have breath then you better be praising the lord you better be worshiping the lord and every time all the living beings gather together to give glory and honor and thanks to the one that is sitting on the throne amen verse 10 it says the 24 elders what do they do they fall down and they worship the one that is sitting on the throne how by singing songs no 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 see when they came to heaven they received golden crowns right golden crowns the purest of pure golds you would not find gold more i mean that one gold crown will be more valuable than all the gold of this earth put together are you ready do you believe that 
that is eternity for us and, and here is the elders who have this gold crown on their head so where their worship is not just with words when they worship they say ha oh, everybody is worshiping all the living beings are gathering together to worship i cannot go empty handed what do i have i have the golden crown what did they do they removed that golden crown and they they would just come and lay it at the where where would they lay down the crowns at the feet of the throne that's their worship and and you know that if you once lay something at the feet of jesus you cannot take back so it's not so so they are not giving so it's not like you know how we imagine it to be is during the worship they put their caps down and when they get up they put it back on come on once you put something at the feet of jesus once you break that alabaster jar at the feet of jesus you can't ask jesus jesus can you can i just wipe out the extra that is on your leg and use it the next time we have no 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 they're giving it off they're giving it all by the next worship session they have new crowns on their head already why because you if you give you will receive by the next time the living beings gather together to give glory and honor and praise to god the they have already received new crowns which which they are preparing they are waiting for another opportunity they are waiting for all of heaven to come together again and as soon as this happens again they would immediately go on their face they will begin to worship god and when they reach the peak of their worship at the feet of jesus what do they do take off their crowns and they lay it at the feet of Jesus they t- they take their alabaster jar and they break it at the feet of Jesus they take their savings their entire life their entire it, you know see these crowns i'll tell you what these crowns are can i tell you what these crowns are these crowns are a reward for their entire life on earth god is recognized well done my good and faithful servant come and be seated with me you've done a good job let me reward you with this crown this crown represents their entire life on earth and and everything that they did and they served and everything you know all the good things that they did there's a reward for that right and what do they do they say no i know that i have been blessed but this morning there is only one person one thing that is worth it all there is one person one place where my worship is worth it there is one place where one place where i can give it away and i know that it's not a loss there is only one place where i can give where i can lay down my crowns where i can lay down my entire life that i have lived even the blessings that god gives me i'm going to bring it back to that same place we are going to be doing this for all eternity church we're going to be radically giving for all eternity are you prepared for some crowns in heaven are you yes no maybe maybe not all all the all the lukewarm people i'm i'm really sorry god is not interested in lukewarmness god is looking for hot and fiery people and and the fiery people the hot people you when you get to heaven man you know <laughs> somebody said it like this there is no medium rare or there is only well done in heaven right we, we are not looking for when we get to heaven to for, for jesus to say okay fine 
okay you read it okay no we are looking to hear well done amen and when we hear that that becomes our crown that becomes our reward well done that becomes our reward but then when there is crazy worship going on in heaven you don't hold on to this and say oh, i am the worship leader i am i was in brc i was in bangalore you know because anybody that sees your crown they will say man so many people got saved because of you so many churches was built because of you so many institutions were birthed because of you that's so amazing joshua they, they you know and but joshua is saying no i don't care i know that this is what i did i know that i got my love and reward from jesus but now there is somebody who is worth it more than me the bible says they would lay their crowns before the throne and say you are worthy you're worthy you're worthy i'm not only you are you are worthy o lord our god to receive glory honor and power my crown belongs to you so i don't care what did you bring to church this morning if it is your crown which is what you've done for the lord what god has done for you all of that or if it is your coins there is only one place where it fits let's read the next statement i want just to get into your spirit my coins and my crowns looks feels and fits better at the feet of jesus only he is worth it all can we say once again can this get into our spirit my coins my crowns looks feels and fits better or best you know at the feet of jesus that is where it fits it's not in my pocket that this looks better i know that i can drive a nice car and 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 post about it on on instagram saying look at the car that i get to drive but let me tell you where it would fit better at the feet of jesus i can live in a huge house and do all the stuff that i want to and let me tell you where it will look better at the feet of jesus why because he is worth it all he's worth all my life He's worth everything that we have and everything that we own. He is worth it all. So this morning, we know that we have we don't have a offering usually in church, but this morning we're going to give to the Lord. And I want our giving to be like the giving that is mentioned in the Bible, okay? So I don't I cannot define what is going to be your two coins. I cannot define what is going to be your um your alabaster jar i cannot define what is your crown you know what it is and and in this moment as we get into a time of deep love for the feet of jesus i want you to i want you to not just finish by saying oh jesus i worship you i want you to do something radical i want you to let that worship become a reach a place where you will like the 24 elders did they did not just worship they worshiped and they laid their crowns before the throne and said you're worthy you're worthy of this you're worthy of this you are worth it all come on every eyes closed i want you to concentrate only and only at the feet of jesus 
everything else, everything else, everything else, everything else, everything else is pointless. Everything else is just distraction. Every other detail in life is, is not worth my attention. There's only one thing that is worth everything. And I better not get distracted from it. I better not get lose my focus from that one place. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.